Hey everybody, welcome to another Conversation Podcast. Ben and Bucky here. Hey guys, welcome on the podcast at Watermark. Good to see you <laughs> online. Yeah. We are online, live yeah. and direct. And today we're having a conversation around the gifts of presence. This is a Christmas special, Bucky. And it uh, mirrors our Sunday morning message, our Sunday morning sermons. We're just giving you a, a lightning round, a 15 to 17 minutes. Last, last time we recorded, we did two episodes in a row, and they were both almost exactly 17 minutes. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a gift because uh, Christmas it goes beyond just the initial gift of God sending a son to be with us. It's the idea that he is present in us. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing is giving you the the gift of these practices that allow you to open your heart regularly through grace Mm -hmm. to his active presence in your life. And that's going to be transforming during Christmas. And we really need it this Christmas, right, Ben? Yeah, these are tools. This is even weaponry. weaponry. These are things you can depend on, rely on, use. You can tangibly use these. And they are a means of grace. We wouldn't call them gifts otherwise. They are Mm -hmm. freely given. They're extended. All we have to do is open them. And if we do open them, we'll find ourselves accessing the presence of God, His grace, and life in His kingdom. Yeah, what helps me with this idea of grace in in, uh, an activity or a work or service is what Dallas Willard said. It, grace is opposed to earning, but it's not opposed to effort. Mm-hmm. And yes, we, we don't earn salvation by doing spiritual practices or you know, practicing the presence of God. It's actually an outworking of salvation. We have salvation. That's a free gift, but there is effort in allowing that to work inside out. Mm-hmm. Effort of prayer, communication right. with God, effort of reading the Word. All these practices are efforts but they're efforts to work out what God has already put in us. That's good. The salvation we have by grace. That's good. Yeah. So it's a seed, and it yeah. does, and that's why that's flourishing. That's the John 15 we probably talked yeah. about previous yeah. episodes. That's right. Um, that something needs to be watered. Something does need yes. to be even pruned, and something needs to be developed for that seed to come to fruition. So wow. you're learning well, young Jedi. <laughs> I'm paying attention. <laughs> and if you guys didn't catch those first two episodes, you should go back and listen. Uh, the first part of Gift of Presence in our conversation, at least, was the Bible, how to abide in the Word of God. And that's a gift to freely available. And then the second uh, segment we did on the Gift of Presence was waiting, the spiritual mm-hmm. discipline of waiting. And boy, what a season it is for that. We're waiting for the vaccine. We're waiting for a pandemic to be over. We're waiting for our job to break through. We're waiting for a relationship breakthrough. Man, actually, uh, God doesn't... Um, devise waiting to be skipped over mm-hmm. and to be fast-tracked yes, through. Yes. He's in the waiting, like the great worship song mm-hmm. says. So today, Bucky, we're going to tackle this idea of witness. Now, yeah. I wouldn't have put that on my top five or top ten list of best spiritual practices is being a witness for the gospel or for Jesus, but it is nonetheless. It's powerful. I think it's, again, uh, it's taking what's inside and it's taking that uh, internal commitment that we've made and made it a make it a public proclamation, and it does something to us. When Mm. we take our private faith or inside time with God and we bring that out, there's obviously fruit that comes out of that for people to see and eat, which would be love and and the sharing of the gospel, but also it's this formation of a stronger commitment, a stronger sense of confidence in the decision that we've made Mm -hmm. because we're actually not... We're standing on the gospel and we're yeah. proclaiming that. It's like a baptism. You know, you're you're making that public proclamation of what's already happened inside of you. That's beautiful. It's powerful in our formation. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so, of course, that's what we're talking about when we say the word witness. You could use that interchangeably with evangelism, talking to someone about God, having a God conversation. That's mm-hmm. our DNA around here. Yes, yes. I think a great segment uh, or uh, a, a stopping place in this segment um, 
that would be suitable for all of us, Bucky, is to talk about our last God conversation uh, or, or a recent one or one that comes to mind. Uh, because I'm, that's what I was doing as you were saying that, what it does inside us. I love that. Mm-hmm. You mostly think of talking about God as, first of all, a job. <laughs> and let's just redeem that and restore that right now, right. Uh, a duty. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when we say spiritual disciplines. Everyone thinks it's a problem, you know, and it's a pain point. Uh, and we, we must do it. Um, but what, what happens inside us? And you so articulately said it. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember a time we were vacationing in Colorado, and I just felt like um, this, uh, there was a vendor, a street vendor. They were selling something, and they're starting conversations by giving away these water bottles. And right. so I can't want to go over and mosey over, and I grab a water bottle. And um, somehow, in a moment of vulnerability, the, the gal behind the table expresses that she's having a hard time. She's going through a tough season. Mm-hmm. She has either a marriage on the rocks or she's just gone through divorce and, and she feels the guilt, shame, or pain of that. And uh, in that moment, I knew, wow, this is a God conversation. I need to mm-hmm. you know, just do whatever I can to encourage her, pray for her. And I did. I literally, in the public square, um, uh, prayed for her right there on the spot. And I can remember feeling those things you just said. First of all, it was a test of what I actually believed. It proved an on the spot, what would you say? What words come from scripture? How have you experienced God yourself? Not just to be a smart guy, just to be an encouraging, comforting guy. And so it was a test and that did something inside me. But then as I walked away from that conversation, you said confidence. My mm-hmm. confidence was soaring. I felt like, oh my gosh, this is powerful. Like yeah. to, to leap out in the discomfort, to have this conversation, there was a reward because you feel that this person in that moment visibly was encouraged yes. by your spirit, by your light. Mm-hmm. And uh, those were inside things. It wasn't just about that person. It was also about what God wanted to do in me. Yes, yes. So for, forming that... Uh the character around that decision and the in, incredible understanding that it's real and it actually bears fruit in others' life mm-hmm. and it makes the gospel real to us. It's it's a living, active thing that's happening, not just something we did in the past, right. you know, but it's something that's alive in us even now today. Yeah. It's beautiful. So I know you have someone in your life who's regular, you're regularly praying for, having God conversations with that's at your other workplace. Um, can you tell the audience of what what it's you know what you've learned what God's done inside you as you have those God conversations? Yeah, there's several people in in the industry that I work in, and one of them is a is a, a lady that does our bookkeeping. And every time I get a chance to delve into the waters with her of spirituality and God, what it does is it just uh, enlivens my faith again. It's it's like that youthful. It's like talking about your marriage and like when you first fell in love. Like what, what happened when you first fell in love with Kathleen? And it brings back some of that childhood joy, and it brings back those feelings mm. and how powerful it was. And when when I talk to th- this woman Vernice, it brings up you know my my uh, love and the first feelings I had when I first became a Christian and a Christian and how powerful that gospel was, and it kind of reignites that again right. as I'm sharing. Again, in the free flow of her asking questions, me not knowing what the answer is going to be, there's a faith component to it. There's an excitement to it. It's an adventure, yeah. and it makes it all alive again. Wow. So I, lo- I love that. I love because it's kind of stepping out of the boat. It's kind yeah. of like, you know, we know all the answers. We're, we're pastors. We study it. We get up and preach, but nobody's. it's not live questioning in front mm. of us. When you get in that live question situation, there's an element of faith because it's an unknown thing, yes. and it actually forces you out 
And again, that's where you encounter God. Wow. So that's really cool. So being willing to, to take up the practice or open the gift of witness actually leads to a growing of faith. There's yes. a, a refreshing of faith, a, a, a installment of passion to your faith, mm-hmm. and your faith just just growing. We always talk about that. This like that's the elusive thing that we're all doing at church, reading the Bible. Your faith is going to grow. Your faith. Well, what does that really mean? Well, there's a tangible expression of that. Yeah, I think so many people are afraid because they're afraid when they get into that, that unknown, out-of-control little area where they're having to trust God. You know, again, like Peter stepping out of the boat, they're afraid they're going to drown. They're afraid somebody's going to ask a question. They're not going to have the answer, and somehow they're going to they're going to blow it. They're going to mess up, and maybe God's going to be disappointed of them. So they never step out. Mm. But the cool thing is, when you do step out and you feel that sinking feeling, that's when the Holy Spirit reaches down and grabs you. And so many times, God has brought a new type of idea or something into my mind, and I say something that I've never said before, and I go, wow, that is so cool. God met me right here. He pulled me back up, and I'm walking with Him in this conversation. God is with us in the God conversation. Right. It's like Jesus was walking with Peter. Mm -hmm. You know, God is with us in that. And the Spirit of God is giving us, illuminating us, giving us the words to stay. Right. And that's when that faith, you just go, wow, this is really cool. It's one of my favorite verses. It's Luke 12, 12. I have the voice translation, whatever that is, but it's very relatable, uh, suffice to say. It says, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say at the moment when you need them. Yes. And that's, yeah. you know, couched in the conversation of Jesus sending disciples, mm-hmm. you know, his followers, when they go on trial, when they talk to people, when they're going door to door to witness, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak. Yeah. And that has been like such a... a, a a bolstering line for my faith and yes. my practice in this, and like yes. you just said. Yeah. So um, we all we all feel inadequate, right, you know, and, right. and that's what I love about this uh, Luke story about opening the present, it, pre- the present of God's presence through witness. It's the shepherds, mm-hmm. and uh, in Luke uh, chapter uh, two, after the birth of Jesus, the angels come and they appear to the shepherds in a field. And they give him this incredible, you know, you know, flash mob blow up angel song. Like, oh my gosh, we're at a concert here, and we've just gotten blown away. Well, the amazing thing about this is the shepherds are some of the most marginalized people in the first century. Mm-hmm. They would have not been worthy to go in the temple because they've been thought of as unclean. Right. Also, they were sketchy because people thought they were kind of gypsy thieves. And so they're the last people in the first century you'd think God would take take the message to and tell, tell the message. But it's beautiful because the message is about God and his salvation. It's not about us in sharing the witness. And because we feel like the shepherds, we don't feel adequate. We feel because we're not perfect and totally holy. How can God use me? Am I okay to share this message? The shepherds are a beautiful encouragement to us that it Sharing our faith is just about being authentically us mm. and just sharing the story in our own authentic way. Yeah. Even though we're broken vessels, God uses broken vessels. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And so I think that's the second stop on this episode is uh, addressing the fears, reservations, and obstacles to being a witness. And you've, you've tackled two of the biggest ones right there. One is not knowing enough, and the other one is inadequacy. And, and I love that you know he'll use whatever he has. I, I love the international context. I'll never forget hearing this on a radio program about how you know the emerging church in Iran, they have someone who's born and raised a Muslim in the most intense, mm. uh, tight, uh, narrow religious culture you can. And they got, they're looking at two individuals, someone who's read one book of the gospel and someone who's read none, yes. who's qualified to share the word of God, right. the one who's read something, anything, you know, and God will use it powerful. In fact, he is in that country, you know, so yes. there's lots of anecdotal evidence for this huge mm-hmm. proof for God will use you, whoever you are, right where you are. Yeah. Um, you know, I love what Dallas Willard says. We've referenced this book before. This is a, a great one. You can look it up, Knowing Christ Today. 
He has a whole chapter devoted to uh, spiritual practices. He calls it um, the Christ focus. And uh, he also affirms these are means of grace. These are not a job. These are not duties. This is not for religion or achieving or doing for someone else. These are, these are gifts we open. And, I, and, and he was the, the, this is the first place in a long while that I read that evangelism or, or witness could be a spiritual practice. And this is what he says. I thought it was so beautiful. He, he says, um, if we come together in this way, Jesus' idea of evangelism and quote-unquote mission will fall into place. And then he quotes scripture from John 17. I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. And then he quotes this guy, Frank Laubach, says, The simple program of Christ for winning the whole world, that's evangelism, that's witness, is to make each person he touches magnetic enough with love to draw others. If we grow our fellowship, that is our gathering, in this direction, it will naturally affect those around us, whether in the fellowship or not. This kind of love and the presence, he even uses that word, go with us wherever we go. They cannot be hidden. A missional church, in a wording often used today, is actually one that cannot be stopped from increasing because it grows by contiguity, skin on skin. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I, I think that, you know, when you delve into the story and you think about the fact that the shepherds were marginalized, uh, judged by the religious religious system of the day, people thought they were sort of the homeless people and people, you know, felt sorry for them. The, the angels show up in their field. Mm-hmm. The angels share with them the good news that everybody has been longing for, all the religious elite, and they get it for the first time. Yeah. They feel so chosen and so loved. They go and share it because they're excited that God chose them they go and see the baby in the manger. They're the first first eyewitnesses. That that's that's chosenness. Right. I'm choosing you to be an eyewitness of the greatest event that's ever happened. God becoming a person. Yeah. They're so overfilled with joy that they were chosen. There's no fear. It's just just pouring out. Right. Oh my gosh! Look at what what I found. Yeah. Look, what, look what was told to me. Right. You know. So it's it's a beautiful. They, they won the lotto. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they're just sharing it with people. It's a natural overflow of love. Yes. It yes. just abounds. It just bubbles out. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, and I, that, that just makes me think of a tie-in back to what we talked about before. Where does that love come from? Where does that um, awareness of our identity, our God-breathed identity come from, except for the Word of God? So mm-hmm. that's just a plug backwards for a second. But, you know, a lot of us, I feel like oh, that bubbling over always makes me think of being full. Mm-hmm. And you can't be full of God's love. You can't be, you know, penetratingly aware hour over hour of your sonship, your daughterhood in Christ, in God, forgiven and freed, commissioned, sent with a purpose, unless you're reminded of those things. Because mm-hmm. the world, the enemy wants to just rip us apart from that, get, cause separation from that every hour. Yeah. And so that's a, you know, yeah, that's a, definitely looking back what, how the word of God and the fellowship of God's people, that's what he's talking about from John 17, our love get filled up. Mm-hmm. And we got to keep doing that even during this time of pandemic. I mean, we're hoping that a huge change is around the corner, but to keep the fellowship online or in person is so vital for our uh, overflowing love that you talk about. A hundred percent. And the other thing is, is that, you know, God doesn't ask us to do evangelism in a vacuum, in an individual space. He sends the shepherds together. When he sends his disciples out, Jesus, he sends them out two by two. Evangelism is a team sport. Mm. It's a community thing. And so we need people praying for us. We need to be able to talk about uh, questions together and how we might answer those questions, dialogue with those things with each other. We need to build each other's faith up so we feel like when we're, we're sent out there, maybe it is an individual conversation, there's a whole team, there's a church behind us, there's people praying for us, 
Um, we've been equipped by that church, and so we're not alone in this. Yeah, that's good. And so it's 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 a community thing. We right. witness as a community. Right. The yeah. Bible never envisioned this solo, I'm the evangelistic hero, right. I'm the only one with this spiritual gifting. The Bible never, the first century Eastern culture never envisioned that. They yes. were always a community affair. The church moved as a body, moved as one out of many. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus' instructions have been haunting me all this last six months. Um, I think Luke 10, John 10, can't remember, but his commissioning of the disciples, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he sends them two by two, right? They're a team. Absolutely. And then they come back together as the 12. And um, so I love that point about community. Really important. Yeah. 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 Important. Help us with the barriers of fear or not being enough, not maybe Mm -hmm. having the answer. Well, if there's another person there, Mm -hmm. they probably can help with that answer because they might have a a different slant. Right. Um, So it's always good to have other people around you in the conversation when you're having God conversations that are part of your church family. Right. And and so uh, I think that's a great place to wind down, remembering that this episode is about witnessing as a spiritual practice, as a gift that transforms our inside as much as has impact on the outside around us. And I think as we reference, if we, if we, when we stay in Luke here, and I just pulled that up, it is Luke, Luke 10, the commissioning of the 70, God, God's going to send them out. And, um, you know, they come back in and what happens? What's the result? Just like we were talking about before, the inside transformation that takes place because of the outside practice. And um, it's amazing, Lord, verse 17 or thereabouts. When they came back, the disciples go out and they come back in and they report back to Jesus what happened as a result of the witnessing. It's amazing, Lord. When we use your name, even the demons do what we say. There was wonders and signs yes. and beautiful things. Yes. And Jesus replies, I know I saw Satan falling from above like a lightning bolt. Mm. I've given you true authority. You can smash vipers and scorpions under your feet. You can walk all over the power of the enemy. You, can, you can't be harmed. But mm. listen, and this is so cool. Yeah. But listen, that's not the point. Don't be elated that evil spirits leave when you say to leave. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Mm, beautiful. And, and, and so that's a punchline for sure. But backing up just one step, you can these the, the seventy in this case that were sent out these disciples. They were they were never the same, man. Right. That was a dose yes. going out on that mission, missional adventure and you know short term missions trip, whatever it was. They come back. They were never the same. They were marked by that journey of stepping out on the inside. They were different. Yeah, there's a young girl in a church named Ashley who came with us down to Rosarito this weekend, and she witnessed uh, a community prayer time that I, I led, but she was in there, of a young woman who accepted Jesus Christ. And she saw the words that were being said to her. She saw her take that act of faith and the tears pouring down her heart as she is receiving Jesus Christ. And she is so marked by that. She took a picture. She had took a picture of that when it was happening. Yeah. Now on Sunday this weekend, when we talked about it, she pulled that picture out and shared with her friend, "Hey, see, I was there. Look at this. This is how it really happened." And so, she was full of joy. Oh my gosh! Even the demons submit as the authority of the gospel is given. The darkness in this woman's life was filled with light, and God transformed her. And she was so enthused it changed her that's awesome right and hmm. she's ready to, to to be on mission with god so, so it does it, it marks it it, cha- it changes us and it makes us thankful for the gift of salvation in our own lives yeah so totally yeah. and that's what we're always saying i can't remember the the pithy way to phrase it but that uh, that's a great encouragement of why you don't have to wait to be right. uh, ready enough or educated enough mm-hmm. smart enough enough hours under your belt sometimes the best step for you to grow in your faith is to go you know yes. go first ask questions yeah, later second exactly. so yeah. yeah well guys this has been really helpful and refreshing for me i hope it has been for you the listener um, as we talk about witness is a powerful gift of presence yeah and you know there's a great opportunity this is a season as we talk about that people are actually open to come to church 
They're open because Christmas is a cultural thing, and people love the nostalgia. Mm. They love the music. And we're having three Christmas Eve services, and there's a great first step to invite a friend Mm -hmm. that is unchurched, maybe doesn't know Jesus. It's a great service, as Ben and I have been talking about planning it, where it's going to be a safe place with Christmas carols, and we're going to share the gospel. There's a great way to step out right there. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm so glad you remembered that, and I know this episode will be out before Christmas Eve. That's a great, direct, simple challenge, how you're witnessing, you're stepping out in faith, can be rewarded in a powerful way, not just in this life, but that their names would be written in the book of heaven, you know, Amen. forever. So Amen. that's a great prayer. Um, so we would encourage you guys to pray through that. Encourage you. And um, looking ahead, be get excited for the final gift that we're going to unwrap for you guys. It's going to be rhythm, this idea of rhythm. Uh, as we wind down this month in this teaching series, we're going to, this is really the bow of the whole uh, series, continue that metaphor, um, that once we have all these several options of new spiritual practices or gifts, rhythms of grace that God's mm-hmm. calling us to open, how do we tie it all together? Right. And so it's going to be a really fun episode. Please tune in next week for that one. Thank you guys for listening, sharing this episode with someone who you think needs to just get that that injection of hope and courage and strength to, to witness today. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you all, and just have a joyful time sharing God's love with others. That's what it's about. That's right. We'll see you Sunday.